Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello, hello, hello. So I'm really, really excited about today's episode. I'm going to be sharing information about a plant that is very, very special to my heart and has become a key feature in many of the talks and presentations that I do. And to me, it embodies the real connection between bee health and human health and the plants that are surrounding us all. So I've called the um, episode Taraxacum officinale. So those of you who are good with your botanical names, you'll know already which plant I'm talking about. But I'd like to talk about it first before I reveal its common name, just in case there's some of you who have no idea what this plant is. So rather than going in with all our prejudices, I'm going to start talking about the energetics of this plant. So I am starting with this is a fab, absolutely fabulous book that I have called The Energetics of Western Herbs, which is a materia medica that integrates Western and Chinese therapeutics. It's by Peter Holmes, and this is the fourth edition. It's basically, you know, it's like a brick. I mean, you can stand on it and, and, and reach high shelves. So it's a really, really good book. And it says of this plant, you can use the leaf and you can use the roots, and they both have similar properties. Um, but what's really interesting is the fact that this we are surrounded by this plant and many people just have no idea of just how incredible it is. It can be used as a mild remedy with minimal chronic toxicity, meaning that if you take it, the chances of side effects are very, very small. Its constituents are bitter glycosides bitter resin taraxacerin, phytosteroids, which include cytosterol and taraxacol, a taraxerol, fatty acids, tannins, essential oil, triterpenes, inulin, levulin, saponin, enzymes, citric and silicic acid, minerals, including potassium, calcium, sodium, phosphorus, and iron. Carotenoids, levulose, gluten, gum, vitamins A, C, choline, niacin, mannite, mannitol. Mannitol is more in the spring root. The effective qualities are it's bitter, somewhat salty and sweet, cold, dry, softening, dissolving, restoring, decongesting, calming, sinking. It's linked to the liver, the gallbladder, the spleen, the pancreas, intestines, kidney, interstitial fluids, blood, liver, gallbladder, spleen, bladder meridians, fluid, warmth and air bodies. It just shows that this is such an amazing plant. And with so many people suffering with gallbladder, with liver, with digestive complaints, this plant is incredible for that. But I'm going to connect it more with the minerals and how that links with the bees. In case you haven't already guessed, 
the plant I'm talking about is dandelion. The dandelion, the humble, humble dandelion, the plant that we're all taught to hate and dig up and poison and just destroy. And yet it's been so misunderstood. For hundreds of thousands of years, people all around the world have known of its medicinal properties and used them. You may remember as a child that you're always told if you pick a dandelion, you're going to pee the bed, you're going to wet the bed. And yet we haven't really thought about where does that come from? Why would picking a dandelion make you wet the bed? And when we look at the constituents and the properties, the medicinal properties, we see that it actually helps with the urinary tract. It helps to rid your body of the toxins that are stored up. And the most common or the, the various ways that your body gets rid of toxins, one of the most common and, and easiest way of getting rid is through the urinary tract. So if you can wee out any of the toxins that you've picked up, that's amazing. And the dandelion helps us do that. So how does it connect with bees? Well, where I live here, the field behind us, which you, if you're watching this or when we um, release the video, you'll be able to see, it was full of dandelions 17 years ago. And as I started to keep bees, and you can see the hive behind me, um, I was in, interested in dandelions because I knew that they provided a really great source of nectar and pollen. And in the early spring, the dandelions are coming out and it's a great time for beekeepers to almost take a sigh of relief. It's like, yes, the bees have got through the winter and now there's this incredible source of nectar and pollen. I really, really love dandelion honey. And for me, it's a great challenge and a great reward if I'm able to extract dandelion honey and then share it. I am absolutely certain that the more people who tasted dandelion honey, the easier it would be to protect this very, very valuable free medicine. Not just medicine for us, but medicine for the bees. When I first came here and um, it was before I had bees, but I did notice that the field had dandelions and my boys were very young. Something I always enjoyed doing as a child, which I encourage my children to do too, is running through a field with dandelions and just kicking the dandelion clock heads off and just watching these puffballs, all the seeds taking to the air. Really, really exciting and, and great fun and, and beneficial. I have a very, very conscious memory of this field being full of dandelions. I'd clocked it in my head dandelion clock clocked it in my head then um, a few years into being ill Greg built me a beehive and I started to keep bees and dandelions had a new significance I learned that they were very important for the bees then a few years on from that I came across Jacqueline Freeman and Jacqueline Freeman has written an amazing book called The Song of Increase and she talks about her experience with bees. And at the time she'd written the book, she'd been beekeeping for 15 years and she's a biodynamic farmer. Very, very aware of her environment, very, very aware of her bees. And after such a long period of time working with her bees, she had developed this incredible relationship with them where she felt that they were able to answer the questions she had. And it could have been through dreams. It could have been through intuition. And I loved her book because 
it really helped me understand my connection with bees and trust my intuition. There was a part in the book where she discussed dandelions or she discusses plants and how the bees are attracted to different plants because of their mineral content. Now, I already understood about minerals. and I was really, really fascinated with her take on the fact that the bees are going for plants that contain certain minerals. This has now been confirmed with many, many, many studies where bees have been found, even two hives next door to each other, they won't go for the same plants. They will search out the plants nearby that have the most beneficial ingredients that those bees need for their health of their colony. And if we understand that the plants are carrying minerals, we can see the mineral landscape changing around us as the plants move. As humans, we don't really let plants move. We're trying to control them. And we, we have our cultivated gardens, our cultivated farms, where we are trying all the time to grow plants that we want to see in those areas. And it therefore makes it really difficult for us to actually see this movement of plants that's going around the world. And since reading Jacqueline's book, I've had lots of my own experiences and I've gone to so many other lectures and I've learned more from herbal medicine and I've learned more from my own bees. And this is how I put it together. So dandelions have this incredible system and life cycle. You have the bright yellow flower, you have the, the spiky leaves, and then they have really long, deep tap roots and they fulfill purpose. They go down into the soil and there they can reach the rock forms of calcium and potassium and many other minerals. And through their roots, they break down these minerals and they process them and they bring them up through their roots, which is right why the roots are such a valuable medicine, because they're they're capturing many of these minerals and they go up to the surface into the leaves. Now, the calcium and potassium that dandelions process, if you want to absorb them, just eat dandelion leaves or juice them or make a tincture out of the leaves. And that's going to actually help you absorb the um, calcium and potassium. I make dandelion tea and I'm lucky I've got dandelions all around my garden so I can just go out and pick them and then make a tea. You can dry the dandelions, although they lose their potency over time. So the fresher they are, the better. And this is where tinctures come in, because if you um, put your dried dandelion or even your fresh dandelion in to um, an alcohol solution, you'll be able to extract many of the, the vital component components of the dandelion. And then the tincture will last a much, much longer than having a tea or the dried herb. When you've got these amazing leaves with all these nutrients in, if you leave them on your lawn or in your orchard, those leaves will rot down into the soil. And what they're doing is they've brought up those rock-based minerals, transformed them into a plant-based mineral, which if you've listened to my earlier episode about minerals, you'll now understand the difference between rock-based and plant-based minerals. And they've put them back into the soil in an easily absorbable form. Now, working with orchards and apple trees, I can now see their importance because apple trees have very shallow roots. They can't go down into the soil and reach these rocks. They can't reach the calcium and potassium. So they are instantly deficient of these really important minerals. But if you've got dandelions growing all around them and being left to rot down into the soil, 
you then get these minerals in an easily accessible form for the roots of the apple trees. This is the importance of having these really important weeds growing in your orchards. Now, the very, very, very clever thing that I then learned was the seeds of dandelion heads. So the dandelion clocks that we love to blow to the wind, the wind can take these dandelion seeds for up to 60 miles. They really have an incredible distance that they can spread. But these seeds will only take root in soil that needs calcium and potassium. If they land on a bit of soil and there's no calcium and potassium, the seeds will then just take root and delve deep into the soil until they find the calcium and potassium. And then they know they can fulfill their purpose. Now, if you do not let your dandelions fulfill their purpose, if you just keep digging them up or worse still poisoning them, they have to keep going. They just have to fulfill their purpose. And you will always have dandelions. My father in his back garden, he's had dandelions for 55 years and he keeps trying to dig them up, but he's still got them because he will not let them go to seed and carry on. And he won't leave the leaves on the lawn to rot down. You know, he has a very nice lawn, but it takes a lot of effort to actually keep his lawn looking nice because he won't embrace the dandelions. Now, the field behind our house here, 17 years ago, it was full of dandelions. Now there's hardly any. The last three to five years, there's been fewer and fewer dandelions. They've been moving out of the field and we've had more in our garden. Whereas initially I had no dandelions in my garden. And even seven years ago, when I started my herbal medicine studies and I was wanting to pick dandelion leaves, I had to go out into the field to pick them because there was none in our garden. But now we have an abundance in our garden. And I mean, I'm just really enjoying them because I know that in 10 years time, we won't have them in our garden if we let them move on. There are so many questions that come from this little bit of knowledge. That's just one plant. If we then think about all the other weeds, all the other plants, what are their purposes? Are they all processing different minerals? Are they all bringing things to the surface? Are they churning up the soil? Working with the worms, working with the mycelia, working with that whole connection of everything that nature composes of. And isn't that an amazing thought that we do not need to be killing these plants? We can just let them get on and do what they need to do. What a revolutionary thought. And I do wonder why have we suddenly got it in for dandelions? Who told us that dandelions were weeds and dandelions need to be removed? I mean, if you're a gardener, you love flowers and dandelions provide these beautiful, sunshiny flowers just when we really need them. We're coming out of winter and to see a field or a roundabout or verges that are covered in dandelions, it's beautiful. And then as the dandelions transform and die off and they become the seed heads, again, that's beautiful. You'll have this wonderful field full of all the dandelion clocks. Who really can say they look at that with horror and hate it? We have to start changing our perception of nature. We need to learn to look at things and see their beauty. And the dandelions really do have their beauty. After I've shared this with you, I'd really love 
for you to share with me. What's your connection with dandelions? Did you ever wet the bed after you went picking them? We used to have to pick them out of my my father's lawn when we were kids, but I don't remember um, having dramatic effects from picking the dandelions because I wasn't eating them. We were just picking them and putting them in a bucket. I feel that one of my challenges or one of my purposes or a mission I have in life is to protect and save the dandelion. And if we could imagine the honey, imagine how much more honey we would have. And all these beekeepers who say they don't get a crop until the rapeseed, if they would have access to dandelions, we would have one of the most medicinal honeys available. With all those incredible properties that the dandelion contains, do you really think that none of them get transferred into dandelion honey? If I had to have one medicine and have one honey, I would choose the dandelion because I know just how powerful it is. I hope that this information and this little tale of dandelions has really inspired you to look at your environment differently. And as the dandelions come into bloom in your area, I hope that you can just really embrace them, observe them, and just sit and watch how many different bees and insects land on your dandelions. Maybe experiment, pick the leaves. You can eat them in salads, have the leaves in your salads, make herbal tea, drink them and see how you feel. Do you feel all that winter stodge and all the toxins from being indoors all winter and eating rubbish food? Can you feel that cleansing out of your system? All thanks to the dandelion. Let me know if you think that this episode would really inspire somebody or maybe even protect some more dandelions. Please feel free to share it and keep spreading the good news. And let's carry on creating a buzz about health. This podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful B. Brooke. And the music was created especially for me by Raya. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.